Not all moments are created equal. Not all moments are created equal. Don't rush past this. Don't rush past this tonight. and it's always in order for the Holy Ghost to have its way. There is never a time where he is not welcome in his own house where he is not welcome to do anything that he pleases. The moment that we quench that is the moment that it becomes our house and it stops being his house. I'm thankful to be in God's house tonight. I'm thankful to be in God's house tonight. feel like going right into the word. It's good to be in Fort Myers, Florida. Back home. If you're praying, if you're... Feel free to continue. I don't feel like being long before you tonight. And my flesh doesn't want to do this. But if there's anything I've learned living for God, it's that you don't follow what your flesh wants. You follow after the Spirit. And so with God's help tonight, I feel like he's going to speak to us. So if you would, grab your Bibles and stand on your feet. I don't feel like God's done in this house. I feel like this is just the beginning feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg. Music, you can just stay right there. The book of Romans, chapter number 13. Beginning at verse 11. The Bible says, and that... Knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now, everybody say now, is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Book of Matthew chapter number 27, beginning at verse 1. Bible says, when the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Ju Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself 
and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priests took their silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took, they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Everyone say, to bury strangers in. Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood unto this day. With the help of the Holy Ghost and for just a few short moments, I pray that God would speak to us in this house, that we would leave here changed. Does anybody want to leave here changed? Does anybody want to leave here really, truly changed? Or are you comfortable where you're at? want to talk to us tonight about the field of the faceless. The field of the faceless. Would you mind putting your Bibles down and lifting your hands to heaven? Come on, God has already met us in this house. God is already here. Would you ask that God would speak to us tonight? God, anoint our lips, my lips. God, anoint my mind to speak your word. Put your words in my mouth. These lips of clay, Jesus. Look, God, use it for your glory. I pray that you would anoint every ear in this house, anoint every mind to receive your word. God, I pray that we don't quit what we just experienced, but it, that it be a continuation in this place. Move in this house like never before. God, let us leave changed transformed by the renewing of our minds God we're not interested in just another Sunday night service God we're not interested in just another casual encounter a weekend warrior type experience but God we're interested in something fresh we're interested in something new in something, in something alive in this place God change us make us new Everyone said in Jesus' name, amen, you can be seated. <clears throat> Music, just stay close by. The audience in the book of Romans, it's quite obvious, it's to the church at Rome. Paul was writing a letter to the people there. But one thing you must keep in mind is that this was not a people that did not know Jesus. These were not people that were unfamiliar with the moving of God. If I could say it like this, these weren't just Sunday morning Christians. These weren't just people that were casual. These were saints. These were people that were used to the persecution. These were people that were used to the mocking and used to the scourgings. They understood what it meant to live a life for Christ. They understood what it meant to be Christians because they were indeed some of the first Christians. The emphasis in our text is simply this. Know the time that you live in and don't be ignorant. Know the time that you are living in. Don't be ignorant about it. It was preached a little bit this morning, but the Hammond must have gotten my notes somehow. I'm not sure. But we're living in a day and age, and you could almost start every message off like this nowadays. We're living in a day and age where sin is just open. Old timers used to say that it was in the shadows, it was in the alleyways. And now it's in front of your face. 
Now it's on every street corner. Now it's, you walk outside of these buildings, you walk into your home, and you've got to be extra careful because you don't know where it's at. It's in our faces. It's, it's present. There's an agenda that the enemy has. Not the right. Not the left. Not the middle. Not foreign powers. But the enemy. Know the time in which you live in. It's high time to awake. You know what that means? That means it's been far too long. Far too long we've been sleeping and slumbering and passively going through life. And passively experiencing God and passively having encounters. And every time it happens, it's just, man, that was great church. And then we never leave truly changed. It's passive. But the word said it's high time. To awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer. Than when we believed. If you think about when this was written. This was written not too long after Jesus died. And they said their salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Think about today. Think about where we're at now. You feel persecuted now? You feel mocked now and, and downtrodden now because of what you believe in. And because of, of who you worship and how you worship. It's only, only the beginning. It's only, and I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm not saying, I've had multiple conversations with my parents about the end times. And about whether or not we're going to be here or whether we're not going to be here. Post-trib, pre-trib. One preacher say, people are just tribbing, so I don't know. But what I do know. Is that it's time to put away those things that once eased us. It's time to put away those things that we used to take comfort in. And we used to, we used to embrace and we used to just skate through life with and say, as long as I've got this by my side or as long as I'm just barely making it, I'll be fine. It's time for the weekend warriors to become real. It's time for the weekend warrior to put up your coats and say, hey. I'm not just going to wear that. I'm not just going to do that when it comes time for me to look the part or act the part or, or sound right or look right or be right. But I'm interested in actually being, in being right all the time. I'm interested in being right with God 24-7. Another part of this text that is emphasized is that it's time to wake because it's getting close to the end. And don't let it just happen without a fight. Too many people are, are comfortable letting everybody else do the fighting. First lady, as long as I pay my tithes and as long as I sing in the choir, maybe, maybe I'll usher a little bit here or there. or Maybe I'll take out the trash and maybe I'll come help with the lawn. And as long as I don't have to do much more than that, as long as pastor doesn't call me for a seven-day fast, as long as, as long as First Lady doesn't say, hey, we're going to be here three times a week and we're going to be praying for those three times a week. As long as that doesn't, as long as there's not much more out of, much more than that required of me, I'm good. I'm good. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 said, for he saith. I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not in a couple years. 
not, not I'll wake up and I'll, and I'll do something big for God when, when I'm 25. Or, or I'll do something big for God when First Lady approaches me or when Bishop approaches me. I'll teach a couple Bible studies when, when, they, when, they give me a, when they give me a shot at coming up on the pulpit. Or, or I'll go ahead and go on outreach when, when, it's, when it suits me. Or Now, today... Listen, we don't have time to wait anymore. We really, we really don't have time to waste. We really don't have time to just sit by and sleep and slumber. It's almost as if we've been rocked to sleep by the world, by the things of the world. We're, we're laying in Delilah's lap while Delilah's saying it's going to be all right. Don't worry, Samson. There'll come a time where you'll be able to go back and do the things that you've always done. Don't worry, Samson. You'll be able to go back to your people someday. But right now, you're in my lap. Go ahead and take your ease in Zion. Go ahead and sleep for a while. Three chances. He had three chances to get out of there. To make up his mind. To wake up. James 4, 13 through 15 says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanish away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live. And to do this or to do that. I think I'm just going to set up this 401k. And I'm just going to breeze through life. And take it a step further. And if it doesn't work out, then I guess this whole Christianity thing and I guess this whole serving God thing isn't really what it panned out to be. I guess, I guess living for God isn't all about, is, there's no, no real blessing attached to living for God. Everybody else is blessed because well, they got time in. And there is a redemptive lift, don't get me wrong. I understand that, but that doesn't mean you can't be blessed with your health and with your mental capacity. Just because it's not monetary doesn't mean you aren't blessed. Come on, just because you're not driving an Escalade and you don't live in a four-bedroom, three-bath house with six, six acres doesn't mean you aren't blessed. You woke up this morning in your right mind. You woke up this morning with your kids by your side in the house of God worshiping. You woke up being able to put food on the table. You woke up and got into your car, whether it's nice or whether it's busted up. You are a blessed people. Quit comparing your blessing in your life to someone else's. I learned a hard lesson that when I begin to compare my situation and myself with other people, God doesn't get the glory out of that. God doesn't get the glory out of, out of you sitting off in a corner and saying, man, I wish I could just be like so-and-so. I wish I could just have my life together like so-and-so. I wish I could just drive this type of car. or I wish I could live in this type of house or make this type of money. Baby, if you aren't comfortable where you're at, if you aren't blessed where you're at, then you won't be blessed somewhere else. If God can't trust you to be content with this thing, then how is God going to give you this? If you can't be content making $12 an hour, how are you going to make 18 People want to make $20, $25 an hour with a $12 an hour mind, by, my, uh, mindset. If I could just, it's, it's, it's memes everywhere. And kids are picking up on it. It's funny. I wish I could just make $360, $360 a minute. And not do anything. Or $4,000 a day and work for 20 minutes. It's a microwave society we live in. We want it here. We want it now.
Romans 13 and 12. The night is far spent. It's far spent. Far spent. We've wasted too much time in the darkness. We've wasted too much time sleeping. We've wasted too much time resting in Zion. Too much time on the back burner. Too much time easing my way through life. We've spent too much time not doing enough for the kingdom of God. If you think for one second that you, and I'm not calling anybody out in particular. I'm not a prophet. But if you think for one second that you serving in the choir, serving on the clean team, serving in the, in the lawn maintenance, on, in the sound, whatever it is. If you think that you've got three or four things on your plate and that's enough. Or should I say that's too much. Then you're sadly mistaken. And please don't get me wrong. Please, I understand we live life. We're in this world. We're not of it. I understand you got to make a paycheck so you can actually bless the house of God. I, got, I understand you got to take care of your family. You got to have a car and car insurance and house insurance and renters and whatever it is. I understand that. But if you think for one second that if you can just barely do the, the, the bare minimum. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm doing these four or five ministries. I'm, I'm helping over here. I help maybe once, twice a week over here in... You know, I'm booked. I've done, an, I think I've done enough for God. You know, I don't know, I wouldn't normally say this, but I can kind of preach this because First Lady knows where I'm at. I've been there. I've been there where I said, I'm cruising right now. Cruise control. I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm good. Almost as if, as if to say, I've checked the boxes in heaven for my daily allowance of good deeds. What do you think, this is a Catholic church? And again, I have nothing against Catholic church, but it's not something that you just come in and say, once I've done this, or once I've done this, or once I've done whatever it is, then I'm good for the day. I'm good for the week. I've done my good deed for the year. The reward of sacrifice is more sacrifice. And if you can't understand that as a Christian, as a, as a member of the body of Christ, then there will be people sacrificing while you're just dead weight. There will be people. It's almost as if you've got two oxen plowing side by side. And at one point in time, they were equally healthy, equally as strong. And one of them dies. And the other one continues pressing on. Not only do they have the weight that they were pulling before, but now they've got your dead weight that they've got to pull as well. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Think about it. Think about it. What does it profit? What do I gain from it? If I, get, if I make $5,000 a month, I'm driving a nice car. I've got more than enough to go on vacation a couple times a year. Life's good. What does it profit? If you get up to the gate, he looks at you and says... What was your name again? Oh, oh, okay. Go look back at my bank stub. My, uh, my tithing contribution. I, yeah, I was the, the highest giver. Yeah, I, I, I sang choir every service. I never missed. That's who I am. Yeah, I... I and these are my bros. But I, I, I played my, my musician, my, uh, my instrument faithfully. I didn't miss. That's who I am. I was in the media booth whenever I was asked to be. I ushered whenever I needed to be. 
I was at Saturday work day. Please be blessed. Don't make $5,000 a month. Give me a little bit afterwards. But when we make that our end goal, when we make that the sole thing that we're focused on, and then when someone asks us to do something at the church, it becomes a drag and it becomes like pulling teeth. And, but I can work 50 hours a week and I, you know, I can put in overtime if I need to and you know, I, I can go to the gym every day and, and, and work out another, another 30 minutes and please don't ask me to fast. Please don't ask me to take off work to help with impact. Please don't ask me to sacrifice. Please don't ask me to sacrifice. I, I do enough. I do enough for the kingdom of God. Listen, this is where I wanna, we want to end up tonight. There should be a greater fear. There should be a greater fear of missing your potential in God than there is of you going to hell. There should be a greater fear of you missing out on the full potential of God in your life than you just barely missing heaven. If all we strive for is, is to just get into heaven, we'll be like the people that said, or we'll be, like the, 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 we'll be like the man that made it up to the gate and he said, I never knew you. You strive so hard. You strive so hard here on earth. Doing other things. And I know there are people that sacrifice a whole lot in this house. But even us, even you, we sacrifice so much or so little. It doesn't really matter where you land. The fact of the matter is that if he doesn't know you, he doesn't know you. Whether or not you log in daily to come pray or you never scratch the surface and never enter these doors on a Monday morning. If he doesn't know you, he doesn't know you. And I'm not talking to the unbeliever tonight. Because once you get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you've escaped hell. Does anybody believe that tonight? I'm not preaching once saved, always saved. But if they were to walk out of those doors... They've escaped hell at that point. You've escaped hell. But what, what's, what's scarier than, than, than going out of those doors, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, than never coming back and reaching the full potential that God has for your life? Or how about getting baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, experiencing salvation, and then five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, 20 years down the road, ah, it just becomes a drag. It becomes a little bit, I, I served my time. I served my generation. There's a, there's a, there's, there's a place in the Bible in the New Testament that Jesus uses often in reference to hell. And that place is called Gehenna. It's actually in our scripture tonight. Matthew chapter 27. Verse number 7 says, And they took counsel and bought them the potter's field to bury strangers in 
Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood. Then if you continue, it says, Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. When Judas sold Jesus to Pilate, when he sold when he sold them, or not to Pilate, when he sold them to the Pharisees, Judas was selling out his potential. Judas said essentially this that my, my full potential in God. What I could be is just a little too hard to accomplish. And so I think I'll just take the easy way. He was close to Jesus. So much so that Jesus called him friend. He recognized him as a friend. One of the twelve. He came to service. He was there. He was there when Jesus rode in triumphantly. He was there when he worked miracles. He was there when Jesus said, you, you will go out and you will do greater things. You 12. He was there when Jesus anointed them and said, go, go, lay hands on the sick. Go cast out devils. And yet, all this time, once we reach this point, it's as if we can go back in history and look back at all the places where Judas probably wrestled with giving everything. Where he wrestled with saying, you know, I just, I, I want this part for me. And, and, and I, I just want to see my kingdom per se. I want to see my kingdom set up. And I'm, I'm, I'm working to get, you know, things in order and strategized. And yeah, I, I see the miracles you're doing, Jesus. And... The great, and I want to be a part of it. And he probably even did a few miracles. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm 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 okay with selling Jesus out. I'm okay with with not maximizing my potential. The problem is, is we don't see it as that. The problem is, is we just see it as a heaven or hell issue. And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of what I'm, I'm telling you tonight is stuff that I've prayed about, is stuff that I've read about. But I should have said this at the beginning, and I apologize. Some of what I'm giving you is from a book that I've read. And I encourage you to go read it. I encourage you to go read it. But a lot of us see it as a heaven or hell issue all the time. And so all of my life... I'm not discounting my leaders and I'm not discounting my parents. But all of my life it almost felt like it was don't do that because or, 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 or don't go there because you don't want to go to hell. Or don't do that because God will be displeased. Those are all true. Those are all true. And I'm not just talking to the young person tonight even though that is where the emphasis is. Those are all true statements. However, however, if we viewed it through the lens of either Gehenna or full potential, you would see something totally different. What is Gehenna? Gehenna was known as the Valley of Hinnom in the Old Testament. It was a place where they would take their kids, they would sacrifice them. They would burn them as an offering to Baal, to, to different gods. The Bible says that there was a continuous fire, continuous sacrifices happening. A little later down the road, you see that it becomes a place where garbage is taken and thrown and burned. It's a place where you take those old clothes 
got rips and holes in them. And you take them, and because they are no more of use, there's no more value in them, you take them and you throw them over there, and it burns and it goes to ashes. And then we see, then we see a little bit further down the road, we see Judas commit suicide. He commits suicide, and where does he go? He dies, and they buy the field that he died in, and it becomes known as the Keldama, the field of blood, the place where useful thing, useless things go and burn, the place where potential goes and burns to ashes. The place where walks with God that were once on fire, that were once lively. It's a place where they go and they're tossed to the trash heap. Because it no longer has any value. It's no longer useful to me. And so I, I'm just going to throw it to the gods of this world. Spiritual suicide. Spiritual suicide. Sacrificing your life for the things of this world. Imagine, imagine with me. I know this is slow and I know this is, this is different, but this is, this is what I felt God put on my heart. So if this is for me or for one or two, then God bless. If it's not for you, then live on. can imagine what would happen if, if everyone in this room quit viewing their life and the sacrifices that they gave as a drudgery. And, try, and I'm not saying everyone does, but I've been there. I've been there. And I'm not the epitome of anything. But if, if me as a young person growing up in church has been there, then I know for a fact that you've probably been there too. I'm not trying to put you in shoes that you don't fit. I'm just speaking plainly and, and from the heart tonight. Not only young people, but I'm also a young man now. I understand what it means to sacrifice a little bit for the kingdom of God. I understand what it means to not take job positions because that would pull me from the house of God. And I would lose the full potential that God has for me. I understand what it means to not be able to go to every conference because that would pull me from the house of God. Even though it's a conference. Even though I'm, it's a church service, I'm going to be blessed. And I understand what it means to make a few sacrifices here and there. But where would I be if I stopped? Where would we be if we said, okay, I've done enough? Where would we be if we stopped and said, this is as far as I can go. This is as much as I can do. When all the while... When all the while God is standing there with an entire room of potential. But because we're sleeping and because we're slumbering and comfortable and not, and, and, and not wanting to push, we never make it that far. That's why Paul said, I press through my flesh, through sickness, through what I, I think, what I feel is right. Through what the world says, what my brother, my mother, my father says. Through everything going, I press towards the mark of the high calling. The full potential. The maximum 
that I can be in the kingdom of God. Not the minimum. Not, not the minimum. Not, not 10%. Not 20%. Not just enough so I don't go to hell. Not just enough so I don't get called into bishop's office. Not just enough so that I can, I can go to bed and put my, pillow, put my head on my pillow down at night and say, man, that was a good day. I'm so glad I was able to help or they, or they were able to have me help them. Be careful when you take ease in Zion. Be careful when, you, when you've gotten to a place in your life where you no longer need to push. Where you no longer need to press for anything greater. Pressing takes strength. Pressing, there's a struggle in pressing. It wouldn't be called pressing if there wasn't some sort of an effort put into it. If you feel like there's no effort in your life right now, if you feel like there's no pressure, press, pressure, if you feel like there's none of that in your life, then are you pressing to the high calling? Are you living at maximum potential? Are you, are, are you living at the high calling of Jesus Christ in your life? Are you really doing everything it takes? Or, on your, are, or are you on your way to Gehenna? Are you on your way to the place where useless things go and they die and burn for the rest of eternity? We can stand in this house. It's interesting. Because just a few short few short yards away there was another fire that was burning continually there was another fire burning continually and it was the, the lamps in the temple but they don't just burn by themselves lamps don't just burn forever it takes someone waking up Every day, walking over to that cabinet, grabbing that oil, and filling up every lamp in the house. Every night before you go to bed, go into that cabinet, pull out that, lamp, that, that cruise of oil, and fill up every lamp in the house. You know what that is? It's effort. You don't get a continuous burning fire in your life without effort. You don't reach the maximum potential in your life even after all that there are still people here tonight that are comfortable. I know I'm not the best of preachers but if you're comfortable where you're at If you're comfortable coming to church and barely getting by, then this is for you. Every head bowed, every hand lifted in this house. got to be more than just a Sunday morning or Sunday night experience or even a Tuesday and a Thursday night experience. It's got to be something more than just the minimum. It's got to become maximum potential. Listen, the only reason why you should press is because there's a dying world out there. 
You've already escaped hell. You're already on your way to heaven. And so as we press, we're making way for those coming behind us to come through. As you press, you're able to grab people and bring them on the same journey as you. But let me tell you, if you never press, if you never, if you never put any effort into becoming everything God wants you to be, everything God has for you, then there are souls that you'll never meet that you were supposed to meet. There are places, events, there are things that you are supposed to be a part of that would reach the world that you will never go to. You will never experience because you were comfortable on a Sunday night with just having a little altar call in the middle of service where the Kairos and the Kronos met. And that was it. That's where God met us. And that was a great service. Because we were comfortable there. And then we never wanted anything else afterward. That's the minimum. That's the bare minimum. I'm trying to tell somebody that there's so much more that God has for you. There's so much more that God has for you to do. So much more that God wants you to be a part of. That God wants to win the world through you. God wants to touch thousands through you. Not just bishop, not just first lady, not just somebody with the microphone through you. But if you never press, if you never keep that, that tabernacle full, that tabernacle burning on a daily basis, then trust me, just across the road, there will be a burning field with a bunch of useless, thrown away items. Thrown away broken pieces because those people they weren't willing to press. And you'll end up just like Judas, who hung himself, who hung the potential of God on a tree, who broke the neck of the very thing God wanted to use at the day of Pentecost to lay hands on people throughout history that they might receive sight. He was hanging the very thing, the catalyst for revival. I'm not a prophet, but there are people in this house that are going to touch thousands of people. You'll, you're going to touch thousands of people. But if tonight you don't make it up in your mind that I'm done being casual, I'm done being just, I'm done being just the bare minimum. If you don't make it up in your mind tonight that I'm pressing. I'm pressing through the fear, through the anxiety, through the depression. I'm pressing through what my family says. I'm pressing through what my flesh says. I'm pressing through what society says. If you never press through that, then you'll never be what God wants you to be. Come on, somebody lift those hands in here tonight. Come on, I'm done preaching. Somebody lift those hands in here tonight. Come on, somebody press in this house right now. Come on, you don't have to wait till the music ramps up. You don't have to wait for me to say a few more phrases, a few more triggers to get you going. You need to press right now. You need to press right now. God, I'm sick and tired of just going through life doing the bare minimum. Come on. Come on, there's a dying world that's got your name written all over it. There's a dying world that's got your name all over it. But if you never press out of these four walls, if you never press in your daily life for the maximum potential, then you'll never reach them. Then you'll never touch them. God, I don't want to make it to heaven and realize that you don't even know my name. God, I don't want to make it to heaven and realize that you don't even have, I don't even have a relationship with you. Come on, it starts here on the earth. It starts here with you pressing on the earth. Come on, you're not too young either. You're not too young either. You're not too young to press. You're not too young to sacrifice. You're not 
too old to sacrifice. You're not too busy to give up some things. You're not too strapped that you can't stretch a little bit. doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen in the blink of an eye in five minutes ten minutes this is something you've got to press for this is something you've got to push for this is something you've got to say I'm done with the world this is something you've got to sacrifice for you may have to give up some things and drop some weights and drop some sins so you can really press but God whatever it takes God, whatever it takes for me to be everything you called me to be. God, whatever it takes to reach the high calling. God, I'm willing to press. God, I'm willing to sacrifice. We say yes. We surrender. We say yes. your will Lord not my will but your will Lord come on somebody don't just drift through life don't just drift through life don't just drift through the kingdom of God and say somebody else will pick up the slack. Don't let somebody else pick up your blessing. Don't let somebody else pick up the thing that God called you to be. Because trust me, it will pass you by. If you don't chase that anointing, if you don't chase that garment, it will pass you by.